welcome, 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 and thank you for investing about you know the next 20 minutes with us or so to help get better at business and figure out how you can advance your life, your career, your team. And we are back once again, part two with the scrum master, Savannah Hughes. And in, in the last one, we talked a little bit, just sort of overview, like what is agile exactly, you know, how does it work, whatever. But uh, Savannah is, I think, uniquely positioned to give some insight about the where project management overall as a discipline is kind of going as we're all getting used to this new environment where we're, you know, remote work is becoming the norm, where we are getting increasing access to tools and, you know, the development of these tools is becoming easier and faster and we're all becoming bombarded with them on a consistent basis. And so how that might impact the way that things get done, uh, not only with, you know, within teams, but in our own personal lives. And so Savannah, thanks a lot for coming back and sharing a little bit more with us. Of course. Thanks for having me. We like totally like blew past this in our first one. I was just asking about some New Year's resolutions because it is, you know, we are recording this at the very end of 2021. And you mentioned it's like, oh, yeah, well, I've got just kind of casually like, oh, yeah, well, I've got this online course that's about to come out in the next couple of weeks. So I'd like tell us a little bit more about that. Like that is a. Obviously, that was a project in and of itself to get it to wherever it stands today and will continue to be something that you're working on as time goes on. But like, what is the course? Tell us a little bit about that. Interested to know. Sure. So I have been using Agile for a long time now. Um, I obviously have seen how it helps IT teams, but I've also worked on other projects that are not IT related and seen how it can help those as well. And I... I'm also really into goal setting, as we've talked about, and goal achieving. And I feel like a lot of people, you know, I'm an Enneagram 3, we talked about it. That is something that is something I think we innately are pretty good at doing, but that's not true for all of the Enneagram numbers. And I do think that everybody at some point in their life does have a goal that they'd like to achieve. But a lot of times, I think a lot of people have problems just starting because they it's such an overwhelming goal to them, even if it's not even something huge. Just the idea of starting it is incredibly overwhelming and stops them from even trying, which is so sad. You know, I only have my own experience as a frame of reference, but I think that a lot of people, it's like, you know, nobody gets excited about the idea. And especially, you know, this time of year, it's like all of us are probably thinking about our physical health and trying to get better in that regard. And it's like, no one gets excited about like, you know what, I want to set out and lose one pound, you know, or whatever. It's like everybody envisions this whole thing of like, dude, I'm going to be, you know, like, you know, freaking shirt off on Instagram, you know, like flexing for everybody. That is exciting and energizing of like, dude, if I could just, you know, get to that level. But the reality is, is that if you want to do that, like well, for the first thing you got to do is lose one pound, you know, if you want to get to that level. And so I think that it's hard for a lot of people, especially people that are very big minded, like you are that of like, you have this really big goal, but it's like getting started on it. It's like, you know, the, the, the whole eating an elephant analogy, right? It's mm-hmm. like one bite at you know, a time. Do you, yeah, exactly. So anyway, so you, totally on board with this idea and uh but like so how is it exactly that the course is going to be helping people what is it that you know what would uh, people are going to get out of it if they sign up so essentially uh we are just adapting the agile framework within scrum um and showing how people can do that in their just everyday life no matter what your goal is so if it's losing weight if it's planning a wedding if it's just planning a regular party if it's just attempting normal life happenings, then you can adapt that within this framework 
and it can help you you know achieve your goals or just show you how your everyday activities are contributing to you know a bigger project in general presumably this is not something that you're going to be you know guinea pigging on people you know that you're not confident it works what about in your like is this something that you have applied in your own life and you know seen results with like how do you like how are you personally confident that this will work for other people what about you know what does your own experience tell you about that so obviously i use this every day at my normal everyday job i've also used it within goal setting for myself in other ways i think well you know this but not everybody knows this i have lost over 100 pounds over the past few years and so that is one way i did it i've also been a wedding planner for a long time so i use this within my wedding planning clients as well and show them, hey, here's a whole list of things that we need to do. We need to prioritize this. This week, we're going to work on this. Let's check back in and see how we're doing. If we we didn't accomplish everything, it's okay. We'll roll it into our next meeting. But here's what we need to do. And here's the priorities for that. So just helping people see, okay, what's your overall vision? What are our top priorities within that? And how do we break those down? What are the daily activities that you need to be doing in order to attain this huge goal so i think that philosophically people are on board with this idea that it's like yes we do need to prioritize yes we do need to you know come up with a plan of attack but it's like it's one thing to understand and believe that it's another thing to actually execute and know how to tackle that and so is that is that something that people are going to get out of the course Yes, it basically gives them every day, here's what you need to do. And if you do these steps and you, I mean, not only just go through the motions of doing the steps, but actually do the work, you're going to see results. Like there's no way to get around that. Um, And, you know, priorities may change. You may shift some things around and that's fine. That's totally acceptable. But helping you to realize your ultimate goal, it's not as difficult as some other people may think it is. You know, based on our previous conversation about Agile, something that I really like about this is that a lot of times, like, dude, like, I think that, you know, people need permission to change, you know, like to change what it is that they want, where it's like, you don't, you know, maybe on, you know, January 1st, you have some kind of great ambitious goal, but it's like, dude, you know, if your spouse gets pregnant, you get a new job opportunity, you whatever, it's like, dude, your life is going to be different a few months from now. And having the ability, having a framework and a achievement framework that you can use to actually adjust to your real life. I don't know. That sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to use it. Um, It's not only geared, you know, just towards men, just towards women. Anybody can use it. It doesn't even matter your age, even like if you're in middle school and you want to, you know, decide that you want to be an A student by next semester. I mean, you obviously have to put in the work. But here are a few ways that you can kind of break those steps down and achieve your goals. And you may need some outside help, and that's fine. That's part of it as well. Absolutely. So uh, very exciting. So we'll make sure that we get information about the course and where we can connect with that whenever we will replug it again there at the, at the very end. And then also make sure we got contact information in the show notes. But super exciting. I mean, I don't know. I'm excited. Dude, what, what a way to kick off 2022. Yeah, I'm excited for you. So to get into a little bit more of the meat of this conversation is that I feel like that, you know, like everybody, you know, everybody's sick of talking about like, Oh, the new normal. Right. But it's like, dude, we're in a different environment now. In Atlanta. Remote. Where's Home Depot headquartered? Yeah. And you're in Dallas. And so it's like, there's, and then also like in a typical meeting, where are the people physically located? If you walk into one of your scrum meetings with uh, Home Depot, like where is everybody at? 
it they're literally all over the globe i've got people in india who are on a totally different schedule i have people in atlanta who used to go into the office i have a few people in dallas i got people in oregon in california we're all over mm -hmm. the place so okay I, maybe this is an unfair question but do you think that the remote stuff that you know like the the fact that we are now so global like do you think it's better or worse I would say it a total HR answer. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was an HR major. I use that answer all the time. I would say for me, I love it. I never yeah. want to go back into an office. Prior to the pandemic, I also worked remote quite often. Um, mm -hmm. Never in a full-time capacity, but almost 50-50, I would say. Um, Post-pandemic, or not post-pandemic, we're still in the pandemic. Current pandemic, I work 100% sure. remotely as well. Um, and I also like switched jobs in between then. So I've seen like what it was like in a in a hybrid environment versus like full time within the same company and in a brand new company, 100% full time online as well. Um, so I think there's some differences. I really enjoy not having other people distract me. I'm already in a lot of meetings all day. So having random coworkers come up to me and chit chat about stuff that is not set in my goal then i mm -hmm. <laughs> said three i'm like yeah. oh, you're not you're not really contributing to this and i also potentially don't even really enjoy talking to you very much so i would like to just continue on my day i am i would say i'm an extrovert but i also am not super down to just chit chat with anyone <laughs> so things like that really annoyed me about being in an office i felt like i got sick more often i feel like there was a lot of like extra food around that i didn't really want to eat yeah or like that I did want to eat, but like I shouldn't be eating. Sure, sure, sure. I get that. But I guess that in like, with respect to projects, like projects and project management specifically, it's like, you know, it was not that long ago that, you know, if we wanted to have a meeting about, uh, if, if we wanted to have a meeting about this project that was going on, it's like, look, we had, to, you know, we physically rounded everybody up, put them all in a room and we talked about it. The, do you think that the just kind of the remote environment and that becoming so much more common across, you know, industries that thought that they would never do this. Like I'm in manufacturing and I never would have thought like, we're never going to have remote employees. Like we do, you know, like the people that are having, you know, the hands on the machines are physically here, obviously, but we have people scattered all over the place. Like, do you think that this is accelerating kind of the adoption and maybe shift from more traditional project management to, you know, practices that are more in line with kind of agile philosophy? I'm not sure if it's necessarily shifting it in that aspect. I think there's just kind of a natural shift in general to move towards agile. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it is a little bit easier, honestly, to meet online because let's let's take, for instance, back when I was in an office, there were not that many conference rooms for us yeah in my one location and then in a previous job we had tons of conference rooms but we were also five thousand people in one campus and it was scattered all over the place so it's yeah. really difficult to get everybody to just physically meet in the same location because they might have a back-to-back -back meeting in a totally different building across mm -hmm. the way so i would say it's easier to meet in that aspect where yeah you just need to look at somebody's calendar and if they've got availability then that sounds great there's no point for them to cancel it unless there's something else that came up but sure. like they can physically not physically but virtually meet with you fairly yeah, easily virtually get there sure yeah and so do you have any like i do think that there is something to be said about you know being eye to eye 
with somebody and like, you know, and like that physical, like physically being in the same room with somebody. I do think that the virtual stuff does not, it is a, maybe it's a close approximation, but it's not the same. Do you agree with, you know, like being a hundred percent remote, do you still versus whenever you used to be in a hybrid environment, do you feel that? Or do you say like, no, dude, it's, it's just as good. I think as somebody who grew up with a lot of technology, it's not a big issue for me to be virtual. Mm -hmm. um, and I do try to use video conferences as well sometimes. But after like that initial part of the pandemic where we really were trying to do video quite a bit with my previous company, I got Zoom fatigue. I was on meetings all day long. Like it's also a little bit different because when you're in video, I mean, it's I think it's even more personal because you're like on screen looking at every single person. Whereas if you're sitting in a conference room, you maybe just be looking at the person across from you. You're not looking at the person next to you, like across the way. So I feel like there was a, a big pressure to be quote unquote on all of the time. And I definitely felt the Zoom fatigue after a while. So I would have certain meetings where I'm like, you know what, this is just a normal like everyday daily. These people see me multiple times a day. For these 15 minutes, I don't need to be on camera. And it wasn't a big deal. And I think once, especially like as a Scrum Masters, once I kind of like, not that I need to give permission to people, but I think as soon as I was like, hey, like this isn't as big a deal for this meeting. Like it's okay if you're not on or like you're drinking your coffee and I don't need to see that. That's fine. You're eating your lunch. I don't need to watch you eat your eat your lunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, That's fine. I think for bigger meetings where it was like our sprint review where, and you know, all our stakeholders came in. We have business, we have IT, we have management, all of it. I think those were more important to be on camera. And they were, I mean, they're not going to take like that long. They're like somewhere from 30 minutes to an hour. For 30 minutes to an hour, I think it's perfectly fine to be on camera. But I understand that sometimes it's still not available. And a lot of people have children at home that they're also trying to take care of and corral at the same time. So sometimes being on video just wasn't possible. And I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need to see people face to face, but I do understand that a lot of, especially like older people who've been not as used to using technology in the workplace would prefer to have that video aspect. Yeah. So now that you've kind of seen, like, you know, you kind of run the gamut, as you said, where it's like you went from like, hey, we, you know, Zoom, you know, it used to be that, you know, video calls were just kind of not really a thing to, you know, now that the pandemic's on, it's like, we have to all be on video all the time. And now it's kind of evolved into a little bit more of like, you know, case dependent sort of stuff. As you are running a project and really trying, like, do you, do you find that it's a best practice to just sort of like set those expectations ahead of time? Or like, you know, what, what is the right rhythm of like, we don't want to be on all the time versus we don't want to just only be talking to people. Like, I, I guess since you're, you know, responsible for keeping that rhythm going, what have you found is the best practice for, uh, you know, just like maximizing effectiveness while also being respectful of people's tolerance for the video call? Right. That's a great question. So what I like to do with my teams when I'm very first starting out with them, even if they've already been a team for a while, I'm new to the project coming in. And especially with IT, you have people coming in and out all the time from different projects, depending on what is going on with that project at that time. So I think a nice thing to do is to set up expectations right away. And one great way of doing that is creating a working agreement. So I have a template that I use for my teams and we go through and we say, okay, hey, just to throw it all out here, this is what we're gonna talk about right now. We can revisit this working agreement, you know, as time goes on and as new team members come and go, we can 
rework this however we need it to be, but here are the standards that we're gonna use right now. So it's, you know, when are we meeting? How are we meeting? Um, like, then there's other like scrummy things that we do, like talking about like our pointing and what ceremonies we're gonna have and who's invited and who's in charge and things like that. Um, but within our working agreement, we also talk about like the video calls. And so, hey, if if it's just not gonna happen, like I understand, like you've got a kid, that's at home sick next to you, then I don't expect you to be on video. I think that's a wild thing to require. But, you know, within reasonable expectations, can you please be on video for certain times? I don't think anybody's actually allowed to dictate that you have to be on video. As far as I'm aware at this company, I know my previous company did try to dictate that for a little bit. And then HR came in and said, oh, no, you're not allowed to do this. But I know other companies do. And I've heard of other companies even if you're not in a meeting, if you're just doing your normal day-to-day -day work, requiring you to be on a Zoom video all day long, as if you're in the office. I've heard about that. And I heard like everyone's internet's going really slow because you're on video all day and it's it sounds crazy, but I would not want to do that. That does not seem like an environment that I would thrive in, but I it's it's crazy like all the different things that companies are having people do right now. I think that the working agreement and everything, like this is just so kind of my little theory about who are going to be the people that thrive the most as, you know, in the kind of the modified environment that we're all living in now. Like, and to me, I'm just like management. I always feel like kind of got a bad rap, but it's like, dude, I feel like great management is even, is just so critical whenever people are not around. And, you know, kind of like you said earlier is that it was, you know, when, and, you know, talking about not only just like people management, but project management as well. It's like, if you have that ability to be able to just kind of like, put your head over the cubicle and say like, Hey, you know, Sally, what's going on with this thing or whatever. If you take away that capability, it makes project management, like, it, like it takes really good management to be able to work around not having that crutch. And so what are the differences that you see between, you know, teams that are very committed to great management versus ones that just sort of go in and wing it? I think setting that expectation of, hey, I'm here to help you, that that's the great thing about being a Scrum Master. I'm not your manager. I am here as a servant leader to help you achieve whatever it is that you need to do. So I'm not here to be your boss. I'm here to make sure that you have the tools that you need from the day to day. So if that's removing roadblocks, if that is making sure that your time blocked is respected. So like one team I have, they decided that they're going to have power hours. And so from, I think it's like 11 to 2 central, they just want that time to code they don't want any meetings so i make sure that i do not schedule meetings during that time and if they have somebody trying to pull them into a meeting for some other thing that they probably don't even need to be on they can say hey go talk to savannah she will work with you to figure out when i can do this but i can't do it during this time and like letting them know that hey it's okay to tell them no and to come talk to me i'll be i'll get rid of the big bad wolf like go go do you what you need to do yeah well, I mean, I can see the huge benefit of people being able to just kind of stay in their lane as opposed to, you know, I mean, because again, it's like, look, it's a skill set to be able to work around like, you know, you know, hey, let me, let me be the bad, like being, being sort of the bad guy sometimes and saying like, hey, like, no, you cannot have this person's time or anything like that's a different skill set than it is to be a coder or to be a salesperson or to be whatever. It's like, that's not, it, it's different. And so you know, having that designee that's like kind of like, hey, this is my job to handle that stuff. I can see that that being a huge benefit. Yeah, I think it goes uh, along too with like helping to develop trust within your team. And I think kind of going along what you're talking about, it is difficult to have that 
in a remote environment if you've never been in the office with some of these people. So I think there is a big push to kind of figure out how to work around that camaraderie that you might be missing from working in an office. So we've been pretty um, intentional with trying to plan times where the team can come together and kind of, you know, get to know each other and have that camaraderie, even if it may not be on the same level as it was in the office, at least have some sort of camaraderie, because then that makes the project go by so much smoother when everyone is, you know, able to kind of joke around with each other and work well together and have that trust. So we have started to um, build in time for, you know, like get to know you sessions and games. We're going to start playing Among Us after our retros. <laughs> uh, so I'm really excited about that. That's one thing that one of my teams is doing. We've come up with like little PowerPoints to talk about each other and, and you know, different aspects of our lives and just get to know each other a little bit differently. It's a balance, right? It's like, I think that it is hard to work with people that you don't have any kind of actual real relationship with. And, you know, not just a working relationship, but an actual relationship. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you know, doing that stuff, it takes consistency it takes effort and like so how do you balance that stuff out with like dude it's like i don't have time to make a powerpoint about what my favorite color is and you know how many pets i have it's like i've already got all these other things to do right i think it's it goes down to you know setting expectations and planning and having that buy-in my teams fortunately already work together very well and they're just looking to help increase that um i think a lot of them especially the ones that did work in the office back when it was open they really miss that and even though it's not something that I necessarily personally care about, I can tell that they really care about it. So I'm here to help make sure that that happens. So it is really intentional. Um, we do plan it out quite a bit in advance. So, and especially like that PowerPoint, I made a template for them. All they got to do is fill out the template and show me. I'm making it as easy as I can for them to be able to like fulfill this situation. And I tell them two weeks in advance and I'm saying, hey, at the end of our retro in two weeks, we're going to take some time. It's already scheduled out. Our retro is probably not going to take as much time as we have already booked. So it's not going to take any extra time from you. You've already got that time chiseled out. We're going to go through this. And so then the next retro after what we're what we're getting through, we're going to go and play a game Like we're going to do these things. And if we want to schedule something separately, just let me know. I'm very happy to do a virtual happy hour, another virtual game that we'd like to do, whatever it is, just like, you know, have coffee and chit chat. I'm happy to do whatever it is that you guys want to do. But having that buy-in too, I'm not here to make them do these things. I'm here to say, hey, here's some options. And here's like a great time that we could do that in. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Cool. We'll schedule it. I know that we're all doing the best we can, right? Kind of goes back to some of the basic philosophies of like, you know, hey, you don't have to have to change policy and say, hey, like, you know, this, we must do this on this regular cadence for the next six months. It's like, Hey, let's let's just try it and see it out. And then, you know, like maybe next time it can be a little bit different or a little bit better or a little bit less or a little bit more. And so having that permission to change as time goes on, I can see that being a big component to making stuff like that work. Right. And that's what we tell them too. even with other, you know, more project based items we say, hey, we're flexible. Agile is all about being experimental. So let's try something out. You need to give it enough time to run the experiment. You can't just be changing things every week, but, you know, give it some time. We'll see how it goes. And that's goes along with the working agreement too. We we put something in the working agreement and you know, 2 months later we decide, "Uh, oh, this isn't this isn't working for me. Let's go back revisit it. We'll change it, we'll document that, and that's going to be our standard from going forward and we can see where we came from, where we're going. If we want to change it again, we can change it again." Yeah. Yeah. Well, things are different now than they used to be, but they're going to be, you know, <laughs> like that's that that is not something that's going to change. The only thing that's going to remain consistent it's is that change. it's like we're going to 
is change and the rate of change is increasing. So I appreciate your insight. And I think that it's, as we all kind of get used to the, the ground moving under us a little bit more frequently than maybe it used to, I think this, some of your advice has been very, very helpful. So the course, when do you expect the course to be up and running and ready? I would say by the end of January, it should be up. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. little few details, you know, some legal things, trying to figure that out mm-hmm. prior to actually putting it out there. Um, but yeah, if people just check out my Instagram page for it, I okay. post very consistently on there. Happy to answer any questions or any DMs about that. But I have all of that information on there and I'm really excited about it and excited to see what goals everybody decides to pick and, and implement yeah. over the next year. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to check it out as well. And so I appreciate you coming on, uh, sharing that with us. We'll make sure that we get your contact info in the show notes as well. And so Savannah, thanks for talking project management agile and very excited about what 2022 holds for all of us, especially for this new venture for you. But thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming yeah, on. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Hopefully we will have a, a revisit about the about the course after it gets up and running and we can talk about how successful it is and what's next for that. Yeah, we can definitely so, do a check in. in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Savannah. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Travis. Hey there, Travis Richards, one last time. Thank you so much for investing your time and tuning into the show. I really hope that this was helpful to you and I would appreciate your feedback very much. If you have some notes on what specifically from this episode was useful, or if you have ideas on what we can do better in the future. If you would like to support the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people find us and also just recommend us to a friend. To get in touch, visit us at www.getbetteratbusiness.com. That's all for this episode, and I hope that you'll join us again next time. Thanks.